presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org/podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the US Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. You're listening to UMass Football on WMUA Sports. Victory Tuesday here at UMass Amherst in the WMUA studio for the UMass football podcast as UMass went into West Point, New York and came away with a W, their second of the year and the first time they've had two FPS wins since 2018. Guys, how's it going? I'm Josh Schreiber. I'm joined by Chris Vogel, John Ruggiero, and Brian Samuels. What a win. Yeah, what a win indeed, Josh. It was really great to be down in West Point for the game with you. Um, 21-14 to 14 win over the Army Black Knights. Their first win since Week 0 against New Mexico State. And the vibes are high in Amherst. UMass is back in the win column. What a performance by Kara on Lynch Adams with a total of of 243 gained in rushing yards out of his sorry I'm I'm stuttering a bit he had 252 I mean rushing yards however only 243 were for gain because he had a rush for loss us a couple times nine loss of yards yeah definitely a very impressive performance by Cameron Lynch Adams <coughs> excuse me a guy that has been really the anchor of this team for the entire season on the offensive side of the ball obviously they've had some good performances elsewhere whether it be from Anthony Simpson Tyson Pumachon Carlos Davis George Johnson the list goes on, but every single game, Kron Lynch Adams has kind of just been there, and he has over 900 rushing yards on the year after 234 this week and three touchdowns. Just getting very close to being the first player with 10 rushing touchdowns on a season since Marquise Young did it in I think it was 2017. But um, very, very impressive to see what Kron's doing. Obviously, we've got our awards coming up, but. We are not going to give an award to K-Ron just because, you know, he he wins the MVP award. We'll say that much. And, Chris, what were your thoughts watching that game against Army? Well, I thought they out-Army'd Army. Army's a team that wants to go in there and run the football and physically dominate the game. I was worried going in that UMass wasn't going to be able to handle that coming off a very physical game two weeks ago against Penn State and the injuries they had taken. But the front seven played well, limited that rushing attack of Army. It's under five yards of carry, which was a key. And obviously on the flip side, averaging over six yards and Adams going off helped them there. The defense stepped up all night and kept Army limited in the scoring column and kept you in the game and helped you with a big upset win that kind of cements your season as progress regardless of what happens. And hopefully you do pick up a third win. 
coming up, but great to see two FBS wins. And Chris, one thing that sticks out to me is on the show last week, you said, you know, this is a UMass team that has more talent than Army does. UMass has some guys that were former four-star recruits, former three-star recruits. Army doesn't really have a whole lot of that being a military academy, and especially the way they've been struggling this season. UMass was a 10-point underdog going into this game, and they looked just significantly better. I know the score was 21-14, to but it really felt not as close. Like, it really never felt like Army was really in the game. Like, I, I guess not. It never felt like they weren't in the game, but it also never felt like UMass was really in danger, um, with the exception of maybe towards the end of the first half. But once they came back in the third quarter, UMass looked really good. Yeah, we just saw the difference in talent. Also, the size difference, too. UMass was significantly bigger up front. Of course, there's very strict limitations on how big you can be if you're going to play for Army, Navy, or Air Force. So that definitely helped them there. And then you, they don't have a Mark Pope. They don't have a Anthony Simpson. And they don't have cornerbacks that can guard them just because right. that type of player is not going to go to a service academy when they entered college with NFL aspirations. Yeah, and also keep in mind, Army did actually rush for over 200 yards. They were at 204 on the day. Uh, that's 4.9 yards per carry. So it's not like they weren't successful, but Army that's what Army does. They run the football. And when you're able to get a lead early and continue to put on the pressure, you force them into situations they don't want to be in. You force them to have to pick up every first down and start to throw the ball. And clearly they were not ready to throw the ball against these, this UMass team until Champ Harris came in the game a little later and UMass had that rough drive towards the end of the game where Army was able to score in a minute 30. They went 86 yards. But other than that drive, I mean, UMass was absolutely stellar, creating negative plays or at least one two-yard gains the first play to put Army in passing downs later on. Well, one thing that sums it up, I think, best is that their quarterback almost threw more passes to UMass than to Army. Two interceptions, only three <laughs> completions for the starter, which that's how you beat Army. You make them throw the football. I was going to say, you looked at Army's game plan here. I, I have really no clue what they were going for. They, they started with Champ Harris, and they seemed like they wanted to throw the ball, and that seemed like it didn't really work except for like the, that first big play. Um, then they, they brought in uh, Bryson Daly. And they started just running the ball, running, running, running all throughout the second quarter into the, the third quarter, running right up the middle. And it was, it was kind of working for them. that They got some points on the board through a, a couple rushing touchdowns. Um, but then it seemed like they just ran out of time because the UMass defense was able to get the stops they needed. And they brought Champ Harris back into the game. Right. But um, it, it was too late for Army then. And I will say, I listened to Jeff Monken's press conference after the game, and he said that Bryson Daly, he got some sort of like cortisone shot or something that made him not in pain enough where they felt that he could play. However, they didn't want to start him. They wanted, they wanted Champ Harris to be the guy. However, the beginning of the game... They almost had two big fumbles. Champ Harris really did not look comfortable in the Army offense that they wanted to run of, you know, the putting pressure on the UMass defense in the run game. 
Obviously, Champ Harris did complete that 43-yard pass on the first play of the game for Army, but eventually they kind of felt like they needed to go to Daly just because he knew the offense. And credit to Coach Monken because when Daly came in, they immediately looked better. They immediately had a long, sustained drive of running the ball. They ended up scoring after UMass had too many men on the field. But I think that... UMass was able to adjust to what Bryson Daly brings to the table. They were ready on third and fourth downs, and they were able to force the turnovers where they needed to, especially on that fourth and two where Army ran that bootleg play and Daly had nowhere to go with the football, and they forced an interception. Yeah, I mean, just an overall a really great game for the UMass defense, and they Army wasn't really playing to their strengths for about maybe half the game, but UMass was able to adjust after um, a bye week. They had, I think, very well conditioning. They had the physical need to play the game that they needed to play in order to stop this Army team and get a big win for the Minutemen. Absolutely. So, um, obviously, UMass coming away with the 21-14 to win. I don't think... We have anything really to talk about that I that we want to get too deep into because that could be talked about in our awards. So with that being said, let's get started. Chris, you want to lead us off? I'll go with the real MVP award. Let's see who you guys think. All right. So we said no Karon Lynch Adams, the real MVP. Huh. <laughs> That's interesting. Possibly think bigger than just one player. Oh, I know. You know it, yeah. All right, you guys yeah. go first. I, I'm lost, man. Bigger than one player. So, like, multiple players, or could be one player, could be multiple. Uh, you don't have to give hints. <laughs> keep in mind, you don't have to. You appreciate it, Chris. No, I mean, <laughs> Chris, can I guess first? Then go, go for it. I'm thinking you're thinking about the UMass defense. Solid guess. Great game out of that defense. I mean. He's a big guy. Let's just go Tyson Pumachan. <laughs> 17 for 23, 121 yards thrown. I think he was very solid in this game. Josh, All right. I think you know it. Yeah. You guys must not know Chris Vogel well enough because this award is going to the offensive line for That's... creating a lot of space for Karon uh, Lynch-Adams in the press uh, conference. Actually, I'll, I'll let you answer to see if it's right. Yeah, it is the offensive line. Not only the big holes are open up for Lynch Adams, but also keeping Pumachong upright. Zero sacks allowed yeah. in 20, 23 attempts. Very impressive. Very big improvement from, obviously, a different caliber than Penn State, but he had no time against Penn State. And then this one, being able to stand in the pocket, be able to make some throws, even though he didn't have to go as far downfield. But just the the effectiveness in both sides of the foot, uh, both sides of the offense, rushing, opening the holes, and then protecting Pumachong is why I think that they were the difference maker. You can say what you want, but a running back's never going to be effective unless he's Barry Sanders and if he doesn't have a good offensive line in front of him. Yeah, and uh, that's a great award because, I mean, in K-Ron, of course, a very humble guy, and he needed to make some plays, and he was fantastic in breaking tackles and just being slippery. But when he was asked in his press conference, what do you think was your best quality on display today? He said, my patience to wait for the offensive line to do their thing. And that, to me, speaks 
volumes on who Kron is as a person, as a player, and that he's giving that credit to the offensive line for when they do, when they do deserve it. I mean, he was the offensive line was doing a great job creating holes. There were several times, especially the biggest time I can think of was the 35-yard touchdown run where the offensive line gave him a ton of space to run on the outside on that counter play. So there were so many times that Kron used that patience that First of all, there aren't a lot of running backs that have that in college football, let alone at the UMass level. But also to do it, to have that patience and have it pay off as well as it did for 234 yards is just an incredible feat. So there is the first award. If you guys have anything ready, you you want to go, John? Yeah, I'll go for it. It's not really a, a creative name, but... It's going to be the Defensive Ball Hawk of the Game Award. <laughs> defensive Ball Hawk. I mean, there's instantly only two options, right? I would say three. I would say three. I, I'm thinking... Uh, I'm going to go... Maybe four. <laughs> maybe five. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm thinking too hard, but there's five players credited with either an interception or a pass breakup, so I guess they're all on the table. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Juan Lua for his first pick, and he just had a very good game overall. Um, all right, and I'll, I'll take the other interception then, just to balance it out. Jeremiah McGill with. The interception, a pretty nice run back after the interception. And first too. career, his first collegiate yep. interception as well. You're, you you two took mine. I was going to go with Blue, but I'm going to go with Trey Powell. Bang, has. Brian. You got it. Trey Powell. Five solo tackles, three <laughs> assisted tackles, and one pass breakup. You almost had it, Chris. You, you mentioned the, the breakups, but Trey Powell, I thought you might get it, Josh, because I was, <laughs> yeah, I, was I knew you were high it. on him. But I was just thinking ball hawk has got to be like yeah. more interception-based. But, I, I, I knew John was going to go with someone with more tackles than anything. And I, Trey Powell with eight total oh, – oh, and – Total tackles, one drink, uh, uh, but five of those eight were solos, and, and that's very impressive. And we want to see yeah. more from him like that. Yeah, he he had a great game overall. I was very impressed, um, especially in a beat up UMass secondary. Uh, you obviously you guys mentioned a couple other guys that had some very great games, but I think Trey Powell shined the most on the defense although he didn't have an interception but he made the necessary plays and he really helped towards this Minutemen win and I will say when I was thinking of the possible answers my first thoughts were of course Jeremiah McGill and uh Juan Lua but then I also thought okay maybe it's Isaiah Rutherford because that Juan Lua interception doesn't happen without Rutherford getting a hand on the ball he also had an interception go through his hands I think Mm -hmm. literally the play before that um, so, I mean, he had a great game overall. Um, but, yeah, Terry Powell was great in coverage when they needed him to be. Tyler Rudolph was in and out of the game trying to get his uh, his oven mitt adjusted several times. And, you know, Terry Powell has been an absolute dog for UMass this year. So, very good award. Brian, do you want to go next? you want me to? I- I'll go ne- next. I- I'll give you guys a slight treat on this one. I'll do a Chris 
staple and say most improved special teams player? Um, most. In- I got to go CJ Kaloji, the punter. I mean, it can't be Cameron Carson. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to him, but uh, a bit of a tough game. Could have won irony there, but. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think who our gunners were this game. I don't think it's that, though. I mean, CJ had the one down inside the 20. That's true. Not a ton of length on his punts, but he wasn't asked to lo- ask for any big ones. Unless you're thinking of some sort of returner as well. I don't like, think they had any in returns, really, that I can think of. Yeah, our longest return was 18 yards on mm. a kickoff. And we didn't return a single punt. Yeah. All right, yeah. we got to go closing. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. That's why I said treat. It's Halloween. I just want to throw out a treat, treat and an easy one. There you go. There so you go. CJ Kaloji having a nice game punting. Um, my award is going to be the Revenge is a Best Dish Served Cold. Ooh. Is it oh. dish best served cold? I think I messed up the wording of that. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Yes. That's what it is. Yes. I, I think I know it, but... I, I'll let I'll let Chris and Brian guess first if they have anything. I'm doing some quick searching, Brian. <laughs> I'm trying to see who's, who's got that Army tie that, or the Navy tie or some tie yeah, to a service academy. Didn't they play Army last year as well? Mm-hmm. They well, played them like how many years in a row now? Like it, five? Ar- Army's been very good about playing the other independents. Yeah. As we mentioned, that, that will be coming to an end most likely, but they've played UMass and UConn pretty much every single year for the last couple of years. Yeah, and that's... That's a very tough award because because there's so many options if it is someone who's played for this UMass team last year as well because there's so many uh, on this team that were here last last year like I said and it's a hard option all the less I don't know. I, I'm going to think a little more. I'll go with the entire defense. They gave up 44 <laughs> last year and got torched on Thanksgiving weekend. I mean, I, I was trying to find a coach with some time yeah. and find one. I might just not be looking at the right places. But, yeah, that was an ugly game last year. I somewhat remember watching that one and just a bad effort because it's hard to give up 44 to a team that runs the football 60 times a game. So I'll just go with the defense making a big improvement. My guess is Billy Wooden. He, um, you know, he's been on UMass Minutemen defense for a while, um, and obviously at the end of the game he had that big sack and he had the fumble recovery to end the game. So that's my guess, Billy Wooden. My guess is gonna go with Don Brown. He he coached this team last year and he's coaching this team this year. I have stumped you guys. Uh, was I on the right track? Looking at you coaches? were not. Okay, you were not. The award is going to George Johnson, and the reason being, he had a crucial drop in at the end of the third quarter on a big third down, where he was absolutely wide open. Um, But on the broadcast, (coughs) excuse me, on the broadcast, we were saying like that is so rare for George Johnson, who is normally extremely sure-handed, will make just about any catch, to drop a ball that was right on the money. He was wide open, had 
tons of room to run and wouldn't have put the game away but would have really helped them out. He then later on had a huge third down conversion catch on an outstanding catch where he mossed the defender and then I think it was like the next play or something picked up another big first down. Yep. So George Johnson getting his revenge and that's why he's getting that award. Gosh, I thought for what, sure I had you, it with Billy Wooden. That, that's <laughs> a good said, one. said revenge, I immediately went to who was here last year. Yeah. I did not imagine you would go with a player who, who would just come back immediately from a drop yeah. of ball. And I would say John was probably the closest in terms of the thought process. Because yeah. honestly, <laughs> Billy Wooden is a good choice too just because of um, that getting that sack and that – I mean – I understand the rule. I feel like that's the problem yeah. in sports and football in general where, like, there's so many rules that are, you know, black and white. If this yeah. happens, then this has to be a consequence of that where Billy Wooden did not do anything wrong. Right. He made a great play, and then, of course, they got penalized for it. Um, so yeah, getting his revenge with that fumble recovery as well. So who, whoever's listening and doesn't know about this, Billy Wooden had a sack at the end of the game, and his helmet came off, and he got penalized for that, which allowed Army to have another attempt at it. And then immediately the next play, Army threw threw a lateral play, and he was the one who tackled on that play. Right. So those are our awards for the Army game, and we're going to take a quick break for some sponsors, but when we come back, we'll preview the Merrimack game coming up next weekend but we'll be right back you're listening to 91.1 wmua this program is brought to you by credit talk a new podcast by chase bank each episode is hosted by umass alum and former nfl player victor cruz he leads conversations with athletes across different sports who drop knowledge from their own experiences in building their careers and personal and financial lives. Credit Talk is all about sharing insights about lessons learned in managing money and credit and is now available on all podcast platforms. WMUA thanks Chase for its support. Show your UMass pride everywhere you go with a UMass Amherst special license plate. All proceeds benefit student scholarships and programs, and the special plate fee is tax deductible. Get all the details and order your plate at umassalumni.com or call 800-456-UMASS. Remember to ride with UMass Pride. Have you ever experienced a wish come true? For a child battling a critical illness, a wish come true can be a turning point. One song, one dance, one game, one adventure, one moment changes everything. Make-A-Wish needs your support to grant the wish of every eligible child. Visit wish.org now to help grant more life-changing wishes. Together, we can transform lives one wish at a time. This is UMass Football on WMUA Sports. Welcome back to 91.1 WMUA Sports, the football show. And guys, we've got a big matchup coming up against uh, Merrimack on Saturday, November 4th at 3.30 p.m. It'll be a home game 
um, for homecoming here at uh, UMass Amherst. But definitely a game that should be very winnable. Certainly one when you're going up against an FCS team that's limited in scholarships beyond just the FCS reduction. The NEC only has 45, so UMass will have that depth advantage, have that talent advantage, and great opportunity to pick up their first first back-to-back wins in half a decade. Yeah, I mean, you said it, Chris. I don't know too much about Merrimack football, as I'd assume most uh, people in the Amherst area do, but they're 4-4 four and four on the year. Um, they lost their last game to St. Francis University 28-21. to So... I mean, if there was a chance that an FCS team was going to beat UMass, they'd probably have to have a better record than 4-4. Four and four. So I'd assume this should be a, an easy uh, chance to get a win for UMass, hopefully the third on the year. But can't take any uh, team too lightly. This Merrimack team, looking at their stats, l- looked like the better team from the standpoint, but you got to remember that they're an F. FCS team. They're playing teams that are probably on on par or a little worse than UMass. I th- they like to run the ball. They like to pass the ball. I'm not sure how their defense is going to hold up against UMass running and passing the ball. They're very similar to UMass on the ground. They just have almost zero passing attack. Yeah, they've thrown this 100. They've thrown 125 times all year. Haven't reached a thousand yard plateau yet, but they have one of the FCS's leading rushers. They've got their own Lynch Adams, Tyvon Edmonds Jr. Third in the country in rushing yards. He's likely going to cross the thousand yard mark against UMass. He did already. Things at 90. He's at. One thousand twenty-five, at least on ESPN, is okay. They I'm now looking at the site. He has they have two. Yeah, they list him. They list him twice. If you go to their actual stats, I'm now looking at. I thought that was the total above him. Whatever reasons he's in there. Oh, they left one of his games out on his other one. (laughs) Would be what it is. Yeah, Yeah. he does have a thousand seventy-one, even though gains. Yeah, nationally has him at a thousand twenty-five. So yeah, that's definitely right. He's already over a thousand. Has seven touchdowns. Just a guy that's going to get it done on the ground and. You never know. Maybe he gives UMass some issues. Maybe that offensive line has a good game. But that's how they're going to beat him. If UMass can jump on them early and get up, say, 14 nothing, the game's over. Merrimack does not have the passing attack to try to make a comeback win if they need to start throwing, similar to what Army is. Yes, yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like it's kind of a similar deal with what they had against Army. Merrimack really only has one receiver that has done anything this year, Donovan Wadley. Uh, he is a 5'9 receiver from Newark, New Jersey, has 340 yards on the year. Really just more of a deep ball threat than anything. Um, and the quarterback, likely who will be the quarterback, Malachi Anthony, a 6'2 junior from Washington, D.C. He has been the guy at the helm recently who, um, not really a, a rushing threat, only has 25 rushing yards on the year, has played um, in four games thrown for five touchdowns, 439 yards. So although he's just 18 of 37, which obviously not a good completion percentage, he certainly does have the capabilities to throw. Um, I just, I mean, if you're UMass, you've got to take a two-touchdown lead early, I think, and I don't think Merrimack has any chance after that. You, You get into trouble if the defense doesn't show up to start the game or if the offense doesn't show up to start the game. This is a game where if you win the coin toss, I want the football, I want to score first. Yeah. And you have to come out firing. You can't come out flat and give Merrimack any hope that they're going to compete. 
That's how you get in trouble in the FPS versus FCS matchups. You want to bury them before the half, and best way to do that is get that extra possession. I mean, I think you look at what Don Brown said after the game last weekend. He thinks there's no going back after that Army win. So if UMass were to come out on Saturday and lose to Merrimack, that would just that would be horrible, horrible. Like there's not a word to describe what happened. So I I assume that they're going to be ready, that they're going to have the uh, correct preparation, and not only that, but they also have the momentum, and they should get on the board early. They got on the board early against Army, so hopefully some of that will translate into this weekend. Also, looking at Merrimack's defense right now, now you you can clearly see that their team can tackle you when they can can but there's only two real real standouts here dj fraser and, and dante williams who have over 30 total tackles each dj fraser has one breakup two cute hits i don't know what ff means fumble force fumble for one fumble force, force fumble. one force fumble <laughs> yeah and one force fumble and and he's been a real standout in the fcs as well yeah, it's it's a Merrimack team that they're going to try to force some turnovers. They do have seven interceptions on the year, which is, you know, not not bad, not great. I mean, it's not really um, anything super of note. But when they're playing a team that is going to be much more talented than, than them in UMass, you've got to force turno- turnovers to win games. Um, really, the only, the only guy with more than two sacks, well, they have two of them, actually, uh, they've got... Chaibuka Aduwaka, I hope I didn't butcher that. Uh, he's got three and a half sacks on the year. Um, and they also have Brandon Roberts, uh, def- interior D lineman, who has three sacks. So other than that, I think that this could be a game that um, the offensive line continues to be successful. It's just a matter of, you know, how does that impact them down the line? They do have a bye week next week. Um, before they will go to Liberty to face an undefeated, at least for now, undefeated Liberty team who is 8-0. So <laughs> they're going to have a little bit of time to readjust. But, I mean, does anyone disagree that this is a game that UMass should win by at least two scores? I don't disagree with should. I disagree with will, okay. potentially. Ooh. They should okay. go out there and dominate this game. They should be the bigger team. They should be the better team. I just have concerns, just that they will actually come out and do that. Well, what would you say that your concerns are? I just, I still don't trust this team. We okay. saw we saw <laughs> them win in week zero, play a bunch of manageable games and come out flat every single time, or just not play a complete game. I think Merrimack does a great job in getting up for games like this. This isn't the best team Merrimack's played. They played a Holy Cross team, it was number five at the time, and had the lead at the half. Came out firing. They kind of wilted down the stretch. But I don't think Merrimack's going to come in and play scared. And I don't think that UMass know how to play confidently and know how to play when you're supposed to win a game. We haven't seen them in a situation like that. I mean, to give credit to UMass, if you look at at least their record, I'd like to blame a lot of that partially on some of the injuries that they've had. Um, And it seemed for the first time since New Mexico State last weekend – they're pretty healthy. But then you look at, oh, well, Don Brown's saying at some points there was no cornerbacks available to play. So it looks like the injury bug's already hitting them again. And I think 
that is a real concern. Obviously, Merrimack doesn't really throw the ball, but, I mean, if they have a lot of their guys out and injured, anything could happen. Another concern I want to address is is Cameron Carson and field goal making ability. He dropped to 9-16 and 16 on field, field goal total, and that was mainly from last Saturday, versus a very consistent Liam Davis, who's 10 for 12 of on his field goals. Both have a pretty good long. Carson edges Davis out with a 49 first long, but he's less consistent. And if you get stopped inside, do you really want to take the chance with Carson and with the way he's been recently? Yeah, I mean, I think that obviously they've had problems with Cameron Carson this year and in past years. Um, to me, I don't think this game comes down to field goals. I, I think let's just get into score predictions now because we may as well. Um, I think that this game, UMass is able to kind of – I trust that Don Brown – when he was saying that they had to get kind of like the monkey off their back by winning more than one game finally. Um, and that was clearly weighing on them, whether you b- want to believe Don Brown or not. I mean, have it, getting a win on the road, no matter who the team is, but getting a win on the road against an FBS team certainly helps with, you know, the mindset going into the rest of the season. They definitely have a feeling that they can win two out out of their last three games. Um, And I think it's very different compared to the New Mexico State game where they played New Mexico State, got a big win, but then they went to play Auburn, who was so much more talented than them. It was a brutal environment, and their quarterback got hurt after the first drive where they went and scored a touchdown with ease. So it's like kind of hard to compare the two I would say not that anyone is comparing them but I think that they've got a chance to really build momentum from this army game and honestly I think UMass wins this game convincingly I think it's I don't know 38 to 16 I'll go I think I kind of disagree that this is not gonna be a field goal game Merrimax lost four games this year. Three of them were by one scores, and then the Holy Cross game, they were leading at the half. This is a Merrimack team that still has a lot to play for this season. They're still in contention for an NEC title, still in contention to win the whole thing, depending on what they do against Central Connecticut and Duquesne. Um, I think UMass, they might have a little bit of a letdown coming off of an Army win. I think UMass pulls this one out, but I think it's by a score of 21-18. to 18. They hold on late, but I don't think this is one where they pull away and do what they should. I think this is one where we, we're sitting here next week talking about how they didn't perform well enough, how they didn't come in ready to play, and overall disappointed despite a win. I Here's my thing, Chris. I think that, yeah, the Holy Holy Cross game, yeah, sure, it's nice that they went into the they went into halftime with the lead, but that's also the first game of the season. There's always some rust or oftentimes some rust, and I think Holy Cross just had to get over that. And then the second half, they won 28-3 to and just absolutely dominated Merrimack. There's not another game on their schedule 
that really truly impresses me. I mean, they had a close close win to Stonehill, who just made the jump to Division One. They have a blowout against Long Island, who is terrible. Uh, they lost to St. Francis, who's not any good. Um, they're they're, they're, they're all right. The conference, they're yeah. good. they're solid, but yeah, they're FCS. They're all right. I like. I think that this is the most talented team that UMass has ever had. I think that they are healthy enough. Obviously, we don't really know what they are, but assuming guys like, you know, K. Ron Lynch-Adams, Tyson Pumachon, Anthony Simpson, uh, George Johnson, and some of the key guys on defense that played last week, I don't see a reason to believe that UMass can't just out-physical them and out-talent them to make it a blowout. I understand what you're saying. If you guarantee me both teams play their A game, I'm picking UMass by right. 28 no, no, to 35. I, totally understand I just don't that. think that happens. I totally understand that. Um, just like that that was my thought process when going through it. I don't know what you guys are thinking, Brian and John. I mean, I think they just have to play to their strengths and not do anything very outlandish. I mean, I think Merrimack can put some points on the board, Chris, but I think at the end of the day, UMass is going to put more. I, th- I think they just have to give the ball to Kieran and let's hope that he'll run right through the Merrimack defense just how he did last weekend and have another monster game. And I think UMass wins 28 to, uh, uh, I don't know, 35 to uh, 17. Just a random score, but there you yeah, go. I mean... Merrimack should put a couple points on the board, I think, but at the end of the day, UMass is going to get the win. It's going to be pretty convincing, but, um, you know, Merrimack is not going to go down without a fight. What do you got, Brian? My thing is my faith in Cameron Carson is very shaky right now, but I think he will probably miss one or two extra points, but I don't think they'll have a lot of field goal opportunities in this game. So that's why I think it's going to be around 27 to 16 in the favor of UMass. All right. So there you go. There are your predictions. This has been the UMass football show. Tune in on WMUA at 3.30 p.m. as Jacob Repper and Pedro Gray Suarez have the call for you for WMUA Sports. I've been Josh Schreiber. Alongside me has been Chris Vogel, John Ruggiero, and Brian Samuels. We'll see you next time. Every day, worms are left stranded and neglected on the pavement in harm's way. You can help rescue these worms from danger by moving them back onto the grass. You can give these worms a second chance.